0: Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. It's a Thursday afternoon here in Bellevue, Washington. You know, we're in Seattle, just in a suburb west of Seattle. We have been so fortunate to have amazing sunshine.
1: East of Seattle.
0: East? Okay, that's right. I live on the east side. <laughs> okay, so now everybody knows that I'm directionally challenged at times. <laughs> um, but yes, east of Seattle. Okay, so west when I want to go there. But we have had amazing weather, haven't we, Eric?
1: We have. It's been ah, so crisp, clear, and cold the last few days, and
0: gorgeous sunshine, beautiful full moons all the way until yeah. you know it's quarter to six when finally the sky gets dark enough. But it has just been gorgeous.
1: Yeah, people have been talking about like how they feel like they're kind of in a twilight zone or something yeah. because the uh, the moon's so bright that so it's almost huge. like you know uh, pre sun, if you will. You know, waking <laughs> up to them if they have to get up when it's dark still, you know, and right that. that they don't know what that big bright light is. Oh, it's the moon. So, <laughs> it's the
0: moon. Yeah. yeah. It's been really neat. It's beautiful. Um, and for, for all of you out in the listening world, some of you may not know this about uh, me, um, but I was an oncology nurse for a period of time. And one of my favorite aspects of medicine, all- allopathic medicine, and what I loved a lot was oncology. So pr- a lot of the patients who come to see me, about 25% who come to see me for energy work and in- intuition work are actually cancer patients. And I just have this great fondness for people who are struck with this dis-ease in their body, um, it's really a transformative time in, in their life and mm-hmm. the lives of their family as well, and can be a, a great opportunity for growth. And last summer, I was fortunate to meet um, Andreas Mortz, who's on the phone with us um, from the Carolinas. Hello, Andreas. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank you. And Andreas is originally from Germany, and as a child, he, um, he suffered many um, severe illnesses, which brought you into the holistic realm where you've studied Ayurvedic medicine, um, you're a medical intuitive, um, great knowledge about nutrition, and we have a mutual friend, and you happen to be visiting in Seattle, so it was a pleasure meeting you and Lillian, your partner, which is lovely. And, um, and so when we met, and I found all these wonderful things about Andreas and got on your website and ordered many of your books, and one of my favorites is Cancer is Not a Disease which is actually part of my belief system. And so it was just a pleasure to read um, all the information that you've collected through all the years of your research and study and your interest in health. And um, so I'm grateful that you're on the show. And I'm also hoping that if people have questions that they call in, this is a great opportunity to get um, questions answered from someone who has devoted his life, your life, Andreas, um, Andreas, to the health and wellness of human beings. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, what is your current inspiration about wellness? Um, what are your, your newest thoughts, I should say, or your newest inspiration about healing in the human body?
2: Well, they're actually quite ancient. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've written this book um timeless secrets of health and rejuvenation and I'm personally fascinated by that every single day because you know I speak to so many people uh, from all over the world uh, my books are translated in many languages and right. and so I get you know feedback from people that practice you know these timeless secrets of health and rejuvenation
3: which right. again
2: they are new and old right. um, so they are as practical today as they have always been and, uh, you know, some of the things that fascinate me is uh, looking at what causes illness rather than treating what um, is the effect of illness. Right. And uh, there is a big, big difference, and it makes all the difference when you treat the root causes of illness rather than the symptoms. If you treat the symptoms of illness, you cause more illness. Right. If you remove the root causes of illness, the symptoms disappear by themselves.
0: Isn't that amazing? Well, I'm sure it's not amazing to you anymore, <laughs> but for most of the listening audience, that's going to be amazing um, to to recognize that. Well, illness is it's a wake up call. It's your your body's trying to get your attention. Correct? Is that how you feel?
2: Absolutely, yeah. yes.
0: And there's something underlying, generally emotional, in my opinion. You know, that builds up in the body, and then if it isn't addressed or dealt with, it can create disease in the body.
2: Uh, so, so right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just looking at a simple... Well, we know now that stress, for example, is the leading cause of illness of any kind. And it's always involved in every kind of disease process. And, um, for example, if you look at uh, cancer uh, cells' behavior uh, or how they get generated in the first place, Mm -hmm. um, you find that there is a stress response involved. Mm -hmm. And one of the leading um, doctors in Germany um, who who was a leading oncologist, and uh, he treated more than 31,000 people, Dr. Hammer, um and he created what is known as the German New Medicine. Mm. And he discovered that every single disease, it didn't mean just cancer, but every single disease was manifested in the brain as a lesion,
3: mm. a
2: concentric circle in the brain that appeared, Uh, exactly in the same place that corresponded to a certain part of the body where the disease appeared. (laughs) And so he found that underlying that was a conflict, a a shock reaction. Mm -hmm. That means a fight-or-flight response, if Mm -hmm. you want to call it that. Um, Something that frightened the person, that put the person into a defensive mechanism. Uh, That means uh, secreting adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol or other stress hormones which are also produced by the way in every cell in the body so every single cell of the 60 trillion cells can produce adrenaline and move into a contracting phase, that means it's like um, curling up, almost like, you know, don't harm me, don't hurt me. And so um, we know that there are very powerful chemicals that the cell produces, like interferon, which is an antiviral drug, um, interleukin, uh, which is uh, interleukin-2 especially, uh, which is an anti-cancer drug, very powerful drugs normally any invading organism or um, substance cannot penetrate and get through that barrier or that uh, assault by those very powerful chemicals that the body produces. Mm -hmm. But if you're under duress or stress and you feel emotionally uh, deprived, um, not understood, uh, you go into a defensive mode of behavior. You're Trying to curl up, you're, you're becoming an embryo, sort of trying to feel protected. Um, and in that mode, you're not able to produce these chemicals. So your defense mechanisms, they are falling apart. Right. And that allows anything to come into the cells. So viruses can enter the cells, um, they can cause havoc there. Um,
0: and then you they the can mutate. can move
2: into the cells
0: right and then they can mutate and create more problems of,
2: of course, yes, yeah, yeah mutation is, is um as I described in the book,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not really a disease in itself right. um mutation is a necessity to live with the changed environment in order to cope with the changed environment. We know now uh that genes are not the cause of illness. Um, They are simply blueprints. Mm -hmm. Blueprints, you know, don't do anything. They don't cause anything. They are just there to replicate the cell, to to make a new cell, to divide uh, the cell when the time has come, and then to create a new cell. That's what the nucleus of the cell is there for. Now, if you withdrew, if you took out the nucleus of a cell, then the cell would continue behaving in a normal, natural way. It would produce the same amount of proteins it always did. There would be no change whatsoever, except when the cell dies, it can no longer divide. So the nucleus is only there for procreation and uh, reproduction of the body. Um, So that's what it is there for. The genes change according to the environment. If you absorb a lot of poisons and toxins from undigested food through the small intestine and it enters the lymphatic system and then it's dumped into the connective tissue because the body cannot drain it away from the body, then uh, you would have an environment a cellular environment that is so harmful for the cell that the cell has to take recourse to other measures. And uh, the cell has to eventually mutate in order to live in that toxic, filthy environment. And uh, one of the features or characteristics of a cancer cell is that it can utilize some metabolic waste products like lactic acid mm-hmm. um, and turn that into energy just to sustain the organ in some way or another, even though it 's not an ideal way, but at least it uh, removes you know, harmful substances that otherwise could set, cause septic shock and poison right. the person and kill the person very well, quickly i don 't think that
0: hours. most people understand that we have cancer cells in our body all the time, you know, and, and i 've known that you know. I'm sure, since um, nursing school. And I can look down at my body and go, oh, yeah, there's some cancer cells floating around and, and certainly patients or clients that I work on. And I just find it interesting it, as it has to do with the wounds and the pain and the suffering that human beings feel when they repress it and, and it moves into their tissues. That's when the cancer cells begin to attach themselves, you know, in a way where they're not moving away or acting in their normal healthy function.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting you brought up uh, the immune system. The immune system tracks your cancer cells very, very easily. It's Mm -hmm. not uh, a problem for the immune system to get rid of the millions and millions of cancer cells that our body produces every day in response to the normal turnover of cells. Mm -hmm. The body turns over 30 billion cells per day, and 1% or 2% of them are cancer cells. So the body doesn't have a problem uh, killing off those cancer cells, right. yet the body doesn't touch the immune system is not interested in destroying tumor cells that accumulate in a given area
3: right.
2: and uh, they're actually uh, proteins that the tumor cells, the malignant cells, so-called malignant cells, which means really malaligned cells, uh, not really bad cells, they're right. just
0: malaligned not just a in little alignment. Little organized. With the me? I said they're just a little unorganized.
2: They are, they are, well, they have to right. you know, be erratic to the untrained eye. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they are just as intelligent
3: mm-hmm. as
2: the cells that are you know, normal, healthy cells. So they're doing a job. Um, why would they produce a protein that is telling the immune system, don't touch me? That protein that they, they secrete and put on the surface of their membranes, and that's a new research, piece of research that just came out recently. Very interesting that the immune system is stopping at killing or, or harming the cancer cells. In fact, if you look at any given tumor, 50 to 60 percent of the tumor mass consists of immune cells, mm. T cells, killer cells. Mm-hmm. So don't do any killing. They, they leave the tumor cells intact. Why would they do that? Well, because the tumor cells are in, in, in favor of the body. Right. They're supporting some of those functions that the body can no longer do itself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we need those tumor cells to deal with the extreme toxicity that uh, goes along with any kind of cancer, which can occur in different places of the body. Um, there is no evidence that cancer metastasizes it's an idea that we have but there is no proof um but we know that cancer can appear in different places
0: at the same um, time pardon me? at the same time
2: they can appear at the mm-hmm. same time yeah. um they tend to appear at the same time but mm-hmm. the diagnosis um is usually not accurate because mm-hmm. you, know, you can have a billion billions of cancer cells floating around in the body and you still cannot detect them um But once they reach a certain threshold, a certain maximum level of of cancer cells, then you can suddenly say, oh, there's a little tumor growing here.
3: Right.
2: Right. if you take chemotherapy or radiation and, and kill them off, then suddenly they go down to a certain level again and then you can no longer detect it and then the doctors will say, well, you're cured. At right. least you, know, you don't have cancer in the body. We got it all. <laughs> but in reality, it is not true. Right. Um, there are still you know, a huge amount of cancer cells underlying you know, the sort of this threshold of diagnostic uh, capability. mm mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, we're going to go ahead and hand out the phone number. Let Eric tell our viewers, our listeners. I always think I'm on TV, but I'm really not. <laughs> I'm on radio. So, Eric, why don't you hand out our phone numbers?
1: I keep saying someday we'll get the webcam set up in here. Oh, maybe that's we what will I'm have feeling. Viewers yes, and, and that'll be fine. That'll be great. And and we'll pretend we're on the West Side.
0: Yeah, <laughs> with our
1: viewers and instead of the all East Side. Good. There you but go. It'll all come together, here. Uh, right? Anyway, uh, our numbers are eight seven seven eight two five eight eight two eight. That's 877-825-8828, and that is the uh, toll-free number for anywhere in the country. If you're here in the Seattle area, we'd love to have you call in on 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. And we're waiting for your calls. So. Yeah, we're
0: waiting for the calls. And, and you know, Andres, I've in, um, been fortunate to be able to do what I do for a living. Verse, you know, I, I don't know exactly. I know that what we do has some similarities to it. I know you love energy. And you've actually um, produced or created a form of energy medicine that you use with your clients.
2: You mean energy art?
0: Yes. Is it energy art or is it the... Uh, energy
2: art, yes. Yes,
0: yes. So what, could you explain that to me, please, or to the audience?
2: Yes, that's a little more difficult to explain Ah. than cancer, in fact, (laughs) (laughs) because it's not as tangible. Um, It's it's not as direct. Um, It's a form of art Mm. that um, I never had any artistic abilities, I have to admit that. (laughs) So one day, you know, I met my wife Lillian in, in israel
3: mm. and
2: um, she has psychic abilities and she was told that you know i needed to uh, start painting and it would be a special art uh, work it would be not just you know, painting for pleasure and looking at this beautiful piece of art and then now uh, enjoying it and hanging it somewhere um she said it, it would be a first um sort of momentum or first uh, part of the new medicine that mm. mankind would uh, need to embrace eventually, mm. and that would go deeper than uh, the normal form of medicine can right. reach. And uh, the, the artwork consists of um, about 30 paintings. Each one is related to a different organ and system mm. in the body. And when you look at a, pic- a particular picture, for example, the... Um, Painting um, dedicated to the lymphatic system or the small intestine
0: wow. or the brain
2: and nervous system or the you know, or the heart or the lungs and the respiratory system Sounds so if so you beautiful. Looked at if you looked at any of these pictures for about 30 seconds within those 30 seconds there would be a shift mm. and a, a sudden uh, increase of of chi or life force, that's why it's called energy art, mm-hmm. of chi or life force, which you, know, you can increase with acupuncture, uh, acupressure, uh, tai chi, yoga, and so on. But in this case, you would only have to look at a picture and restore the chi flow uh, in that particular organ or system.
3: Mm-hmm. And you
2: can test that with, uh, for example, I, you know, muscle testing, kinesiology, ma- muscle testing, right. where you... Test the strength or the energy flow through the lungs or liver spleen, heart or small intestine, lymphatic system, nervous system, and so on, and then you would find there is some weakness in that you know, flow because you know there are contaminants there are there's stress, there's emotional mm-hmm. trauma that a person may have suffered or simply physical congestion which reduces the chi or life force flow, flow through that organ or system. Mm. And simply by looking at the painting within 30 seconds and that's guaranteed, <laughs> I've tested, you know, like hundreds and thousands of people and it works every time, that suddenly the muscle gets very strong. And wow. so you, you cannot resist, you know, that pressure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I was very excited when I, I started this, um, with the help of master painters that you know came through for me, like Van Gogh, uh, Rembrandt, Picasso, uh, who live on the other in the other dimensions, right. and they helped me um, you know get you know that skill of uh, creating these paintings and bring through um, with the help of Lillian, certain ways that were imbued into those paintings and then they're radiated, radiated back. Anyone who's looking at them absorbs those rays through the eyes, and then they are passed into the different parts of the body, through the pineal gland, where they're encoded with chemicals. And so that creates biochemical changes. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, not everyone, um, some people even find that it improves the physical symptoms almost right away. And one wow. person who looked at the picture for the eyes, and uh, she had been using very thick eyeglasses, uh, spectacles, for 20 years. She couldn't see anything uh, without them. And she took her glasses off after looking at the painting just for 30 seconds. And she said, I can read what's on the blackboard
0: there. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And she,
2: she started
0: crying. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things about energy medicine is we know that it's actually normal for the body to be healthy. And yeah. the body just needs to be reminded, you know, what health looks like and, of course, resolve the underlying issues, which usually are about, you know, things that have obviously caused stress but our yeah. own pain and fear. And so for whatever reason, you know, There are times when people come across individuals who can facilitate that healing for them. And that's exactly what happened with that woman. Isn't that just fabulous to watch and be a part of when someone you're assisting in helping them learn how to heal their body, that they're able to do it so quickly? That's just beautiful. Oh,
2: yes. You know, it's quite amazing. Uh, Healing doesn't have to take a long time. No,
0: it does not. Uh,
2: Usually it's a misinformation. Right. Um, You know, think of allergies. Right. And uh, most of the allergies that people come to me for, um, they are basically misinformation that is encoded in the memory cells of the immune system. And the immune system thinks, well, this is an enemy, and I have to shoot near that enemy with antibodies. And it starts having an immune response, a very strong immune reaction. Whereas if you can... uh, remove the memory or, or neutralize it in some ways by making you know, the immune system realize it doesn't have to fight this thing.
3: Right. And
2: therefore, it doesn't have to have the immune reaction. And uh, you can do that very quickly. I, I use, for example, sound. Um, mm-hmm. You have certain frequencies that right. come through me and it's called sacred soundty money. And so I have uh, these people who have, uh, you know, certain intolerances like gluten allergy. Right. And uh, within literally within 30 seconds, the glutenology disappears. Wow. Why does it disappear? Because it's not a physical illness.
0: Right. It's a misperception it's by the cellular The immune cellular system tumor. has
2: encoded because of constant reactions or stress or eating, let's say, bread when um, there was an emotional trauma like at the dinner table or fighting um, yeah. you know, going on and then, uh, The, the encodement is in the immune system. That you have to be afraid. Every time you eat bread that has gluten in it, you have, you, you brings up the old fear of that particular event in the past. And then the body will just react to that to the memory, <laughs> right. and then it creates a biochemical uh, change, and then you have a, a physical re- response like tearing up, and not being able to breathe, or brain fog, um, whatever the reactions
0: may well, Or poor be. metabolism, yeah, because the body can't m- move the ingredients through it well. It holds on to the substances and yes. creates more problems, absolutely. Well, Eric, why don't we, um, re- again, record or report those um, numbers? I know I have my own language, and then we'll go to a break.
1: I got what you were saying. It's all good. <laughs> We'd love to hear from folks. And and you know what? I don't think we've pointed out uh, so far this hour that we are live.
0: Yeah, we're live at noon. In the noon hour Because we're not today. always live at noon.
1: Yeah, usually uh, we're running a an encore edition of the For Marie and yeah. Cherry Show at the noon hour on Thursdays. And then you do the show live at 7 o'clock. 7 well,
0: o'clock. And tonight the Huskies woman basketball team will be playing on the court, that's I think. Right in the Husky Stadium or somewhere over there at the University of Washington. So we won't be live at 7. We're live now.
1: That's right. Yeah. And uh, and then next week, I think we go back to, the, go back to the regular setup. So mm-hmm. some of our listeners may not be aware that they can actually call into the show live here now at 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. Or if they're in the Seattle area at 425-373-5527, that's 425-373-5527. So that's a roundabout way of saying that we are live and we're live. they can call it. Yeah. So, yeah, we're looking forward to their calls.
0: So wonderful. So we're going to go ahead and go to a break, and then we'll be back with Andreas Mortz um, and Energy Medicine and Cancer is Not a Disease. Ooh. Listen to me, Marie Manucheri, on the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I've been blessed to work with many clients nationwide, helping them to heal, healing from disease, either emotional, mental, physical, or spiritual. With the knowledge and the skills that I've learned over the years, I'm able to help people easily find root cause to their situation. The Marie Manucherry Show, we stream streamed live over the internet, so if you have a friend or family member living outside of the Seattle area experiencing difficulty with their life, encourage them to listen to the show, or better yet, call in for advice. You can listen to the show on 1158. KKNW every Thursday night at 7 p.m. See you then. It's here. The Marine Menu Cherry Show where energy and medicine meet, which will premiere on Thursday, October 11th at 7 p.m. The Marine Menu Cherry Show will air live from KKNW every Thursday night at 7 p.m. and also stream live via the internet to everywhere else. For more information, visit www.energyintuitive.com. Brought to you by The Paranormal. Scheduled for October 18th 7 to 9 p.m. at the Residence Inn Marriott in Seattle.
4: Looking for a great holiday gift idea? Make gift giving easier with a gift certificate. Giving the gift that enlightens and inspires is as easy as giving a Marie Manuchari gift certificate. Your gift certificate is presented in an attractive carrier with your personalized message and a copy of Marie's brochure and a current class product listing. Gift certificates will arrive via first class mail and can be used towards any service Marie offers. To purchase gift certificates, visit Marie's website at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671.
0: Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show live at noon, as Eric reminded everyone. You know, you know, actually, it's it's kind of an interesting um, for me because I have had to rearrange my schedule and when these preemptions occur because I'm uh-huh. generally booked out about six or seven months in advance. So Karen is, you know, moving my schedule around so I can jump in, into the car and and drive, uh, you know, through four or five and get here on time for um, the radio program. And so I forget that everybody else isn't necessarily aware that uh, that I'm. Driving on the freeway.
1: Well, thank goodness for Karen. Yeah. Uh, because she's also uh, answering our phone she's calls. She's answering today. our
0: calls, yes. And
1: if we could just get her help with all our listeners. Right. Maybe then everybody would be aware <laughs> and we could rearrange everybody's schedule. Right. But, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Right, right. (laughs) She's only one person. She's
0: only one person. She does a great job, and um, I really appreciate her work in the office. It's fabulous. So we're talking about cancer and the fact that cancer is not a disease. In fact, in my opinion, all disease in the body is an illusion. It's based on perceptions and feelings and pain, and that ultimately our body is yelling at us in some reflection, whether it's a a torn shoulder or a broken bone or um, a sore muscles. Our body is talking to us and communicating to us in some way, and Andreas Mortz is on the um, phone from us from the Carolinas, um, and he is the author of many books and has um, a successful practice helping people to heal, and you've been on many radio shows, too, as well, Andreas. Is that oh, true? Yes, yes. Yeah. It happens to me. <laughs> yeah. You're popular and sought after, and your work has been very helpful for many people. And, and when we were on our break, um, Andreas and I just briefly talked about um, how interesting it is that cancer is considered a war. You know, that it's a war. We're going to fight this disease. And as people know, even in their personal relationships, whenever you approach anything from a war standpoint, from an argument standpoint, it is much harder to resolve. It takes a lot more energy. People's feelings are hurt. You know, imagine what the cells feel like when very strong toxic medication is coming in, when the cells are doing everything they can to survive. And although I think, you know, what people choose to heal their bodies is a personal choice and and also a big part of becoming more conscious and aware, where we can listen to our body and choose those things that actually feel good to us, I think the human race is still diligently working on this, and very few people have that awareness. Would you agree with that, Andreas?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, the the notion that you have to fight disease um, is based on misconception of what the body is doing right. Uh, When there's a disease, the body is doing something right. Uh, The symptom is part of the healing process Mm -hmm. that the body is going through. It is not a disease. It's not something we have to destroy or affect in in a negative way. Um, We are shooting something that doesn't require being shot at. Uh, And when you look at, if you really understand the human body, uh, you know that the body is never suicidal. The body is not trying to attack itself. Yet um, the diagnosis of disease makes us feel as if we are invaded. Right. That uh, even when you go back to Louis Pasteur, the the inventor of the idea that um, bacteria or germs you know, cause disease, he had to admit at his deathbed, "This is the wrong idea. It was never uh, true." Mm-hmm. And still, the entire mankind is still believing that you know germs. Germs cause disease,
3: right.
2: um, and it doesn't. Right. Uh, it's the environment, it's the terrain that invites bacteria to do their job. Right. Um, and a fallen and a tree that is, you know, an apple tree and that grows beautifully has beautiful trees on it. Bacteria are not interested in invading the apple unless. There is a weakness in in the tree. There's not enough water uh, reaching the fruits. The, the fruits become don't grow properly. They are damaged um, by hail or whatever, and then um, near the invasion of bacterial invasion begins. Right. Or oh, it falls from the tree. Then you have uh, the, the the apple being decomposed. Likewise, uh, in the same way, the body is only allowing bacteria or other factors to come in other survival mechanisms to set in to deal with a damaged part of the body Mm -hmm. that is not nourished properly, that is congested by toxins, by overeating, by eating foods that um, can no longer be processed properly, that have to be decomposed, um, that require bacteria. Whenever bacteria decompose something that couldn't be digested, they produce poisons. Or toxins, they enter the lymphatic system. Once they're there, they have to be, you know, know, surrounded with water or fluid. People put on weight, so you get the obesity factor. Eventually, the body is so toxic that it has to just accumulate fat and and water in order to cope with the toxins um, because otherwise they cannot be neutralized and they could kill the organs and they literally can destroy the organs. So the body um, is being put on the defense. And so it has to come up with mechanisms, compensation mechanisms, in order to deal with it and to survive nevertheless. And that's what we call disease. Wherever it appears, wherever it pops up, that's where we have a name for it. Uh, we label it. Uh, in reality, there is no. There are no separate causes for heart disease, diabetes. Uh, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, and all those right. so-called chronic illness.
0: You know, I'm so happy when people come to my office and they've been sick for a while and they've been to their doctors and nobody knows what's wrong with them. And I go, yay, you haven't been diagnosed. Yay, this is great. You know, because once we're diagnosed, then we buy the entire package, or most people do. You know, they believe that's what is in, inside their, their body. They believe everything they read about it on the Internet or in journals. And, of course, in my opinion, that makes the disease even more profound in their body.
2: Yes, um, I'm absolutely, you know, I agree with that. You know, I had this 90-year-old patient, and he came in with uh, problems with his eyesight. Mm. And he complained, and said, I cannot read as, as I used to when I was 60 or 40, 50 years <laughs> old. And so you would expect that, and uh, so he came so we can I do anything about it. And I said, Sure, we do this and this and this. His daughter had told me over the phone that, you know, he actually had colon cancer and it was inoperable.
3: Wow. And
2: so they couldn't do anything, he was too old, you know, and so it had progressed, you know, and they had started metastasizing and so on. So, um they didn't tell him. And so all he was interested mm-hmm. in is getting his eyesight back to normal. Mm-hmm. And so I, I gave him the ideas, you know, everything that he needed to know and to do, in order to do um, to improve both his eyesight and to get rid of the cancer. <laughs> and so uh, three months later, he came and uh, he said, "His eyesight, my eyesight is so much better, and I can see the things." And he was so happy. And incidentally, during the last checkup. Um, the, daughter, you know, the to- daughter then told me that his cancer had completely vanished. <laughs> now, when you make people happy and they're not threatened, right. um, their entire body starts to wake up. That means you make more interleukin, interferons, anti-cancer drugs, the immune system.
3: Just naturally. Stronger, the
2: body starts fighting. You're yeah. removing the things that don't belong in there.
3: Right.
2: Um, but if you're being told that your life is a threat, that you are threatened by this terrible illness that has supposedly killed so many many people, mm. um, that it's a deadly illness, then immediately you feel like a death sentence has been passed on mm. to you. And then you go into a fight-or-flight response. You become desperate. Um, you shed out adrenaline like nonstop. There is no way that the body can heal. When you're under threat.
0: Absolutely. And, Andres, I'm, I'm only interrupting you because our phone lines are building, and so we have people on the phone that have questions, and I know they would love to hear your sure. responses. So we're going to go straight to the phones. Who do we have, Eric?
1: We've got Susie joining us from Kirkland today.
0: Hi, Susie. Hello, Susie. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah.
4: Maria. Maria, I really enjoy your show, and, Andres, this just sounds like such a great topic. I, my question is, how do we actually arrive at what the root cause is for our, our chronic problems? And in working with someone, like I am working with someone that I, I really do believe in that, you know, they're trying, they're just not there, along with um, the understanding of what, what can I do to help myself along this, this road in, in the journey?
2: Very good question. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, you, you just you know, uh, we were just talking about the last bit of it. Um, if you feel threatened by um, something that could possibly con- misconstrued as disease rather than as a survival mechanism, which it always is, that the body is not suicidal, it's never trying to destroy itself. So we can assume, therefore, that the body is trying to heal itself, and uh, we need to support the body in doing so. And uh, some of the most you know, insightful you know, you, you know, methods that you can employ to heal the body is to first make sure that the body is clean. And so cleansing the liver, for example, most, as I've written in my book, The Amazing Liver and Gallbladder Flesh, um, it is the most common cause of physical illnesses and even psychological, emotional uh, trauma and pain in the body um, are the, the, the blockages that are building up in the bile ducts of the liver. And these blockages consist of Johns Hopkins University calls them intrahepatic gallstones. They're very common. A person with any kind of illness, uh, especially with cancer, heart disease, rheumatoid arthritis, um, they have thousands of thousands of stones in the bile ducts of the liver.
3: Wow. And you
2: can clean them out uh, simply through a series of liver and gallbladder flushes. And when they come out, you're not just feeling him, you're physically better, uh, revived, energized, and your symptoms start to recede and less and less as you uh, get cleaner in your liver. But you're also finding that there's a new um, sense of aliveness coming into you. That instead of having to fight um, bad emotions or, poor, you know, or or painful things, you start getting a, a, a jest for life, a, a new um, sort of joyful experience that allows you to focus on new things rather than fighting something that you don't like. You can focus on things that you do like, and so, like I mentioned with the older gentleman, the nineteen-year-old, um, you just gave him something that you know that made him happy, and he healed something that he didn't even know he had, <laughs> like a massive tumor in his colon.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, like that, it's it's better not to fight the darkness, um, but just switch on the light, and then the darkness disappears by itself.
0: Do you think, um, do you think Andreas, that when a person cleans up their body, like the bile duct, as you were describing, do you think that then their awareness of the potential root causes or the emotional pain that was perhaps buried with those lovely um, stones in their bile duct, do you think that that is allows it the awareness to become more available to the person?
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You you, find you become more awake and, and sort of in yourself, mm-hmm. and you become... Um, you have a, a a much more acute sense of knowingness your instincts are starting to awaken right. then you start realizing oh my god you know what i used to do that was exactly what created that illness and right. then, um you you know what to do next and so it is it's very very um you're beautiful to see when people clean out their eliminative organs like the liver, the kidneys, and the large intestine, which are the three major, most powerful organs of elimination. And so if they're clean, then the rest of the body doesn't have to pile up and accumulate waste matter, whether it's metabolic waste products on the cellular level or if it's um, stones or crystals in the kidneys Mm -hmm. or large intestinal uh, waste, um, which is fecal matter, Attaching to the intestinal wall and creating, you know, a protrusion of the abdomen. Right. Um, so whether it's any of that, um, you know, once the eliminative organs are open, the body doesn't have to accumulate those waste products, and it feels better about it. You don't have to have the fear, because if the body gets congested, every cell in the body will send you fear signals.
3: Absolutely. That I'm
2: afraid. Right. Um, I have to fight something. I have to protect myself. When the body is in that mode, it's the fight or flight response. You feel threatened, Mm -hmm. and you're you're emotionally not very stable during that time.
0: Right. um, Susie, does that help answer your question?
4: Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for calling. And so why don't we go ahead, because you know, we're getting down to the last 15 minutes of the show, and we've got a few more callers on the line. So who do we have, Eric?
1: We've got Joan joining us now from Seattle.
0: Great. Hi, Joan.
4: Hi, Marie and, and Andreas. Thank you very Hi, much. Hello, Joan. Um, I was wondering if, if um, you would speak to some societal themes in so many of the prevalent diseases that are out there. I'm thinking of, of uh, the prevalence of hepatitis C, cancer, heart disease, skin cancers, that kind of thing. Um, do, do you find that in your practice? I mean, as psychics, you know, can you look at an overview of this as well?
2: Um, I, I, I had difficulties understanding your your question fully. Um, are you asking me what causes those illnesses? Well,
4: I'm thinking that there's a, there there are societal mm-hmm. themes that, that go on. I'm thinking, like for heart disease, for instance, right. that we may not be using. You know the intelligence, the emotional intelligence of our hearts, and and they're getting clogged up as a nation.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and I'm, I wonder if you could speak more broadly about disease.
2: Well, yes, you know, certainly the society at, at large is in you know, in, is gripped by the belief system that there are these horrible illnesses out there. And that threatens the survival of even our nation. We, you know, we just heard um, this morning that you know, diabetes is costing us more um, than all the wars that we are fighting in Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and worldwide uh, against terror, in, including some other um, you know, chronic illnesses in this country, diabetes alone. And um, the diabetes, you know, obviously it's related to diabetes mellitus, too, related to obesity. So that in itself causes many more other problems. But um, we are, you know, having the idea that we're pretty much helpless and that we need to rely on drugs, we need to rely on doctors uh, to help us, to save us. And uh, we don't realize that, in fact, by falling into the trap, of treating the symptoms, um, that paradigm that we have to destroy the symptoms so that we are free of disease, that paradigm um, is not getting us anywhere. There are now nine hundred eighty-nine thousand people dying each year simply because of the treatment of disease.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what I thought was interesting, too, Andres, when you were talking about you know cleansing the liver. Um, and the colon, and I believe you said the gallbladder. I'm, I think those were the three main Liver organs. and
2: gallbladder go hand in hand. Right. You're one clan for both.
0: And when I look at the liver, um, it, anger is really is stored in the liver. Time, right, yeah. and frustration in the gallbladder. And the colon, in my opinion, is you know, yeah. about, yeah, fear and not letting go of the yeah. past or what happened. And so when I look at heart disease, al- although a lot of people are afraid, they're, they're afraid to be hurt is what they normally yes. say, but I think what they're mostly afraid of is they're afraid to be loved. Oh,
2: absolutely! You know, I've I've written this book on heart disease, um, wow. and it's you know, really, really uh, true. There are actually studies to show that when uh, a, a a person who has a heart attack, and, and they studied uh, men who had heart attacks, and they found that um, almost all of them admitted that they felt that wives, their spouses, didn't love them anymore. Aww.
3: Oh, and that's
2: some... uh, so yeah, or well, they went through a divorce and it was very painful and right. so then they developed this a uh, heart condition. <gasps> um yeah, it doesn't mean that it wasn't there to begin with. Uh, yeah. because, <laughs> right. You, the you, pain
0: was there before the divorce. Yes, it yeah. can
2: happen that something in childhood, you know, you, you were again on the defensive and you felt not good enough and your parents didn't treat you good enough. And then suddenly there is a spouse that doesn't treat you good enough and doesn't love you anymore. And then you suddenly had enough and then the heart is just uh, breaking. Right. Literally, uh, when the heart is breaking, a heart attack can be a, a life-saving uh, thing because the person is dying emotionally and then a heart attack may wake him up again. Uh, so there are opportunities in every every disaster, disease yeah. um, you know that a person may experience.
0: Right. So jo- Joan, does that answer your question?
4: Well um, partially, yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for
0: calling. Thank you. Bye bye okay, thank you. And we have another person on the line. Who do we have, Eric? Right
1: now we've got Lisa joining us. Okay. And Lisa's also in Seattle.
0: And Lisa's in Seattle. And Joan, I would have even gone into, what you know, what part did we miss out for you? But our time is limiting, and we have a few more people on the line. I understand
2: so. the, the, the question entirely. So I, I had some audible, you know, some right. problems receiving the message.
0: Right, right. Well, I, at least we got part of it answered. So okay. that's always, yay, that's always good. <laughs> so, Lisa, um, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am great. What can we do for you today?
4: Well, um, I think component maybe in some of the emotions that we carry around is have you seen results in a daily forgiveness practice that people have been able to change the course of their illness?
2: Yes and no. Um, It depends on what the person brings in. Uh, If you're trying to resist something that you don't like, uh, your energy will make it stronger. And uh, if you think that you need to forgive someone, um, you imply that that person has hurt you. And uh, so then you feel like um, th- there is a wrongdoing that needs forgiveness, that needs to be forgiven. If you have done something yourself and you think you need to forgive yourself for that, on the emotional level, this is pacifying you know, the emotion, certainly. But deeper than that, there may be still the idea that, um, oh, there's something wrong with me, so I'm I'm not quite deserving. Um, you to be healed and uh, so it, it can run deeper i've found uh there are a lot of uh, things that you know transcend the normal uh, you know, uh ideas that what this life is all about and um i, I do have some personal insights into past lives when i speak to people and i find that they, they bring in a lot of guilt and shame of wrongdoing what they had done to other people in other lifetimes, and they bring it forth into this lifetime, and then they manifest certain kind of illnesses that then allow them to deal with the guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And for example, they um, attract uh, certain parents' behavior that makes them feel um, not good enough. That you know they have to fight uh, to to prove, to, you know, to, uh, basically uh, to the parents that they are worthy, that they are acquiring a job a good job just to show them how good they are and then eventually it uh, comes back to them that you know they are trying to prove it to themselves and eventually <laughs> they will let go of the idea that they have to prove anything to anyone right. including themselves and that's usually when the healing starts taking place the letting go um, the letting go of the need to try to fix something yeah. and uh, when, when that is the taking place when you stop having the need to fix something anymore either you know something inside or it doesn't have to forgive anything anymore yeah. it is peaceful within because there's nothing wrong that the person had done it's just circumstances led up to uh, experiences like you know hating someone or being hated by someone and eventually that is uh, becoming less and less and less and there, there comes a the point of just a pure acceptance Absolutely. and when we accept
0: Then it Call can it be, again. then it can be forgiven, you know, because I've had many people yep. lay on my table and they want to forgive what happened, but they're so mad and hurt still that yep. if they go into the forgiveness mode, um, then they're over they're covering up those feelings and not acknowledging yeah. the real pain. So forgiveness, you know, it is it's acceptance and also forgiving ourselves ultimately, you know, because we do choose, I believe, our parents and where we choose to live on the earth before okay. we come here. So it is kind of a, a complicated system for the consciousness of the human race at this moment in time. But we really do choose our events and, and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. Oh absolutely um and, and to let it out of your body, not keep it inside. But yes. go ahead and throw a couple of pillows across yeah, the room. Yeah, giving,
2: giving yourself the the opportunity or the permission to make mistakes is very, very important. Yes. And, and try to make as many mistakes Please, as you can. Please,
0: make as many as you can. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mistakes are, you know, it's just a misconception, again, of the society that if you make mistakes, you're not good. Right. You're not good enough. There's something wrong with you. It's never like that. Mistakes are always part of the healing process. It's part of the learning process and completing ourselves. Right. And uh, they should never be fought or we should never think of, you know, I'm not good enough good because i've uh, done i've made mistakes in my life
0: right thank you does that well, help thank you that Just helped a lot wonderful thank you lisa thank you. and so we're going to go right ahead to our next caller um because we're getting down to the last 10 minutes of the show so who do we have eric
1: we're going to talk to mike right now and mike is calling from bothell hi mike hello mike right.
4: hi Hey, i got a question for your friend there yes uh this is all really good to hear, and it brought a scenario to mind that I wanted to ask you about that uh, you could maybe explain to me. Uh, I was thinking about the Love Canal thing back in the 70s, mm. you know, where that corporation buried all those drums of toxins and then they built a the neighborhood over the top of it. Right. Are you aware kids. of that um, event? No, that?
2: no, I'm not.
0: Um, yeah. I, I
2: moved here about 10 years
4: ago.
0: Right. So we had a major problem in the United States where we had a, a toxic um, company bury lots of... Ra- was it radioactive material? I, I don't really know if it was radioactive, but it was huge, and it contaminated um, a neighborhood, and many yeah. people were sick and died. Is that what you're talking about, Mike?
4: Um, yeah. yeah, and actually they built a neighborhood right over the top oh, of
0: it. Oh, there you go. Without okay. knowing it. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so then all the people started dying of cancer and stuff, mm-hmm. especially the kids.
0: Right. Leukemias mostly, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So I'm wondering if you can perhaps explain
0: oh.
2: how something like that may come about, or just explain something to me. Well, radiation, yeah, we know uh, can uh, kill cells or damage them, and uh, that's why radiation therapy in cancer treatment uh, works very well in killing off your cancer cells, but uh, you always damage other cells as well, and so you're setting yourself up for new cancers. Uh, the more do you treat, your, uh, use radiation, the more you treat the mammograms, for example, that women are exposed to uh, on an annual basis is becoming a leading cause of cancer because they are targeting you know, very strong rays, radio waves you know, in, into their breasts and then squashing them, which could, should never be done. Mm-hmm. And so you damage them physically and uh, through burning. Mm-hmm. And so more, more and more p- women are developing cancer because of that. Mm-hmm. Similarly, uh, radiation uh, stays in any given area that has been radiated. For example, if you have a microwave in your home, um, the microwaves they are hitting the furniture and radiate back into your body doesn 't matter whether the radio, the the machine is on and or, or off um so you you' are, uh, being radiated and mm-hmm. now we have wireless you know, um communication and uh, there uh, it's again uh, radiation and there can be radiation in the soil for a long long time, long buried, time.
3: Mm-hmm. and
2: yet it constantly influences the people that live above it mm-hmm. and uh, so again uh, the you know there there are certain things you can do um uh, to protect yourself um first of all, keeping the body you know clean and um sometimes taking a mud bath with clay <laughs> um mm-hmm. you and then the clay is actually drawing the radiation out of the body, mm-hmm. metallic clay or bentonite clay so th- so that's something that you know, I usually propose um when Chernobyl happened um in Russia. Uh, they were using aloe vera. Um, that was the only thing that was able to, um, you know, neutralize radiation in those days. So aloe vera, um, you know, which you can drink, uh, which you can also put around, you know, on the body as in gel form.
0: And I think, Mike, you're also wondering. Um, so how come these kids were there, and how come they got sick? Is that true? Were you thinking that too?
4: Well, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if. If somehow that Andre is thinking that these
2: people somehow manifested this these diseases, or if they are actually caused by the environment? Oh, that that's where you're driving it. Yeah, and that's very, very yeah, yeah yeah great question to ask. Um, you know, again, uh, we are very complex beings. Um, we have um, we are not just you know conscious for one lifetime. We have had many many lifetimes. And Hundreds, so there
3: thousands. There are um,
2: yeah. many. Uh, reasons why we feel we need to be born in a certain area because um, deep down we are quite conscious of or you have sort of contracts with the nation that we are born into with the people that we are going to meet with the parents that we choose to be born into um, and so we are you know, having certain resonance with a particular situation that then manifests in our body as certain kinds of diseases which then help us to stand up for ourselves or to even uh, have a very short lifetime because some people don't need to be here uh, very long in order to learn their life lessons and to grow from them and then they can depart. Um, Death is something that we have grossly misunderstood We think it is the end, whereas, in fact, it's the beginning (laughs) of life. And so uh, most people are terrified of death. Uh, If they knew what is happening when you die, then uh, you you wouldn't be so afraid. I died three times, um, and then I came back. Uh, When I had malaria in India, for example, I was completely gone, and everything stopped. My body was dead, and then I came back into my body. And uh, I realized that near-death is a fantastic experience. <laughs> it wasn't anything frightening, the dying mm-hmm. process. Um, if, and I speak to, you know, people, my father, and my mother, my mother passed away one and a half years ago, and my father in 1973, and I had many conversations with them, so... Um, They are not dead. Nobody dies. Uh, Even the dogs that we had, they are still around.
0: Absolutely. We are eternal beings, and we live forever and ever and ever. So I hope that answered your question, Mike. Yeah, that
2: gives me enough
4: to think about. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll
0: keep your mind very busy. Well, thank you so much for calling. (laughs) Thank you. And Andreas, how can people reach you? What's the best way for them to contact Um, you?
2: Usually, you know, people go to my website to find out more information. There's a lot of free information there. Right. Uh, all my books, I've written more than 10 books. Uh, they're
0: And um, what is your website? The
2: you... website is energy.com. That's uh, E-N-E-R hyphen or dash, if you want, C-H-I dot com. E-N-E-R hyphen C-H-I dot com. And my phone number is 864 864- Eight nine five six two eight five for those who are interested in setting up a consultation with me. Uh, but there are more details on the website.
0: Wonderful! Thank you so much for calling and taking an hour out of your day. Please give um, my love to Lillian. Thank you. And have a safe trip tomorrow, because I know the and two you of too. you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much, Andreas. Bye bye. So um, we're wrapping up um, the Marie Cherry where energy, medicine, and meat. Okay, yeah, all right. It's been an interesting talking day for me. (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to point out that on um, February 7th, we will have Marilyn Richards and Julian Reapy. They're both cancer survivors who will be here. We will be live at 7. Um, on that day. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, too. I'll be back, though, one day at least. In February, In February, yes. Um, So they will be on the show. Uh, Marilyn Richards is actually a cancer survivor and an experienced coach to facilitate change in the lives of cancer patients. And... Both of them have been clients of mine, so we will have a lot of fun talking about them.
1: And I'll relive the memories with the Encore edition yes, you that will. everybody can hear during the noon hour Absolutely. on Thursdays.
0: And then um, Catherine Rice, or Catherine Alice, will be here on February 14th. Valentine's Day will be on at 7 o'clock at night, and she's the love expert and author of the new book, Love Will Find You. So everyone, please have a wonderful Thursday, a safe weekend, and I will talk to you next week at 7.